Join Global Gene September 18th and 20th in San Diego for the 2019 Rare Patient Advocacy Summit as the largest gathering of rare disease patients, caregivers, thought leaders, and other rare disease stakeholders in the world, the summit is an unparalleled opportunity to forge meaningful connections with other rare advocates and take home actionable strategies and tools to accelerate change. To learn more or to register, go to globalgenes.org forward slash PA summit. That's globalgenes.org forward slash PA summit with the P, A, and S in Summit, all uppercase. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Epigenetics is the study of the regulatory system that controls how genes are turned on and off. In certain cancers, the proteins that regulate gene expression become dysregulated and incorrectly activate or deactivate genes, which can lead to cancer. Solarius Pharmaceuticals is targeting the epigenetic causes of cancer, including rare pediatric cancers. We spoke to David Arthur, CEO of Solarius, about epigenetics, the rare cancer Ewing sarcoma, and the company's lead drug candidate to treat the condition. David, thanks for joining us. I'm glad to be here, Dan. Thanks for inviting us. We're going to talk about Solaris epigenetics and a rare cancer known as Ewing sarcoma. Let's begin with Ewing sarcoma. What is it? How is it diagnosed? And how does it progress? Well, Dan, that's a great question. Ewing sarcoma is a rare, devastating childhood and young adult bone and soft tissue cancer. Now, what makes it... Uh, you know, equally terrible to its devastating effect is the fact that there are currently no approved targeted treatments. The progression is, uh, can be quick, can be a little more drawn out, but the progression itself, just as the disease, is also devastating, and even more so because the average age of diagnosis is about 15 years of age, and it can be down to two years of age. These patients have their lives fully ahead of them. And, and so the opportunity to develop some of these treatments and understand how it progresses is exactly what we're trying to do here at Solarius. Now, diagnosis normally occurs when a child suffers a sporting injury or just talks to their parents about a generalized uh, pain, usually in their leg or their arm. It leads to a call on their local physician, usually an x-ray revealing a mass, a referral to an oncologist who will then run a standard fish test, which reveals a chromosomal translocation. Now, Ewing sarcoma is caused by a direct translocation that involves two genes that are associated and sit right next to each other. They get confused. The body confuses them and creates a protein that drives the Ewing sarcoma cancer. So we have a devastating childhood disease that affects children, usually about age 18, but as, as young as two, 
it's fairly quickly diagnosed once the patient gets into the medical system. And once they, once they have that diagnosis, the, the, the children have some standard of care treatment, but many of them just aren't where they need to be. And what is the prognosis for a patient who's diagnosed with this condition? Well, patients are diagnosed in one of two ways. One, they are diagnosed with localized disease, and that's about 70% of the patients. And so these are patients where the, the sarcoma is still in the primary location, a leg, an arm, or some other area, and it's not metastasized to the rest of the body. Now, these patients are treated with adult chemotherapy, radiation, and unfortunately many times disfiguring surgeries, but it is about 70% effective with these patients. Unfortunately, there's some significant short-term effects and long-term effects uh, that include physical and mental developmental issues and also susceptibility to many other cancers. Now, unfortunately, for the 30% of the patients that fail to respond with local, uh, having been diagnosed with localized uh, disease, and the other 30% of the patients that are diagnosed with metastatic disease, these patients have a, a, a much worse prognosis. About 75% of these patients are going to die in the next five years. And it's these patients that we're currently enrolling in our clinical studies. So what's exciting for us is that our potential medicine, Seclodemstat, is an oral tablet that is a targeted disease-specific mechanism of action and is completely unlike the toxic chemotherapies, which is represented by the current standard of care. Before we talk about your lead candidate, I thought we could talk about epigenetics first. What does epigenetics refer to? So epigenetics refers to the way the body regulates genes. Now, what can happen is that individuals, myself, you, the people listening here to this podcast, we all contain DNA in our cells. And our cells, based on what the body tells us can do, can differentiate into different types of cells. Now, typically, the epigenetic process works fine, and it regulates which genes are turned off and which genes are turned on. But sometimes, this process becomes dysregulated and genes are incorrectly turned on, and they're incorrectly turned off, and it's this incorrect or dysregulated function that creates oncoproteins or proteins that drive cancer and tell the body to grow and continue to progress cancer. So drugs that are able to safely modify the activity of these epigenetic regulators or, more importantly, epigenetic dysregulated regulators may be able to correct the gene expression and correct the changes that are driving cancer. And that's that's really the fundamentals behind epigenetics and what we're trying to do here at Solaria. And within the context of viewing sarcoma, what's actually happening? Well, viewing sarcoma is a fundamental illness caused by an epigenetic translocation. So as I mentioned before, translocation occurs when two genes that are together on your DNA are misread by the body. And that results in halves of two proteins that should never be connected being connected together. Now, in Ewing sarcoma, 
a commonality is that half of one of those proteins, that translocated protein, is EWS. Now, there can be EWS plus a variety of other proteins, but Ewing sarcoma always involves EWS. The most common form being EWS plus FLY1 or FLI1. Now, in Ewing sarcoma, research indicates that EWS, that half of the protein common to Ewing sarcoma, relies on an enzyme called LSD1. And it relies on that enzyme in order to communicate with the body and tell the body to grow cancer or to start cancer and then continue to grow cancer. And our approach to addressing Ewing sarcoma is to inhibit that enzyme. So we have developed cyclodemstat, an LSD1 inhibitor. And by inhibiting that LSD1 enzyme, we are inhibiting the Ewing sarcoma translocation from telling the body to start and continue to grow cancer. What's known about cyclodemstat in terms of its safety or efficacy today? Well, that's exactly what we're researching right now. We have completed all of the FDA-required investigational new drug application studies, and we have received from the FDA an activated investigational new drug application. That application being activated has allowed us to begin a phase one study in Ewing sarcoma, where we are recruiting and treating patients who have either relapsed or failed to respond to standard of care. So again, we're talking about those patients with the 75% five-year mortality, the, the sickest of these, these patients. What we know is that we met the threshold of safety that allowed us to begin treating patients. The primary endpoint of a phase one study is to develop a robust safety profile on the drug, establish the maximum tolerated dose where you'd like to continue to treat additional patients, and then move into collecting broader safety information. A secondary endpoint in these studies is also looking at objective efficacy endpoints, and with a little bit of luck, we'll actually begin to see some efficacy signals in the later stage of our phase one clinical study. So what we know now is that we have a drug that has shown efficacy in research studies involving cell lines and, and other research models. We have met the threshold for established by the FDA to move into the clinic and begin researching with humans, and we're, we're well along the way in making that happen. So I would uh, I would look forward to later this year and, and next year when we hope to be in a position to report on early patient cohort data. The economics behind the development of cyclodemstat seems like you've been able to do a lot with other people's money to date. You've also have the potential for an immediate return if you're successful in winning approval in Ewing sarcoma as you could qualify for a priority review voucher as the FDA has granted rare pediatric des disease designation. How did you come to cyclodemstat and how has development been funded to date? Well, Dan, that's, that's another great question. Let's talk a little bit about the, the economics of pediatric cancer because it, it's really an interesting story. According to the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation, since 1980, so 30 plus years, there have been fewer than 10 drugs 
that have been developed for the primary purpose of treating children with cancer. And over that same time frame, you've had hundreds of medicines developed for adult cancer. And even though they're one out of about 285 to 300 children will be diagnosed with cancer, even though there are about 43 patients, children diagnosed in the U.S. every day with cancer, which works out to be about 16,000 a year new cases, it's still a rare disease. And unfortunately, big pharmaceuticals and big venture capital are attracted to the larger adult cancers that we all that we all know. So where Solarius has been very successful is generating support not only from our investors who see the potential in a company like Solarius, but also want to help do the right thing and and help advance cures for, for children. In addition, Solarius has received uh, from the Cancer Prevention and Research Institute of Texas, or CEPRIT, we have received a almost a $19 million product development award, of which a little over $11 million is still remaining for use by Solarius. And what's really important is that this is non-dilutive funding, two-for-one matching funds that we can access and does not dilute any of the equity holdings of our other investors. But on top of that, the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation, who has been supportive in the past by providing research grants, the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation has a mission to develop and deliver to patients less toxic, more efficacious treatments. And to that end, they are providing significant financial support for helping us implement our Ewing sarcoma study. And again, this is non-dilutive funding, meaning it does not dilute dilute any of our current investors' equity. So you're correct. We have been incredibly fortunate in accessing money from organizations that are as committed as we are to helping find new cures for patients with cancer, you know, really patients who need these cures the most. What's the clinical path forward in Ewing sarcoma, and is there an opportunity given the indication to accelerate development? Well, it's it's entirely possible, and part of the answer to your question lies in the pediatric priority review voucher that you mentioned earlier. As I mentioned before, you know, big pharma and big venture capital isn't necessarily interested immediately with pediatric indications. So the FDA implemented the Pediatric Priority Review Voucher Program. Solarius has already been designated an orphan drug status, and we have been designated as a rare pediatric disease designation. And what that means is, upon approval by the FDA, commercial use in the United States, Solarius could receive a pediatric priority review voucher. These vouchers have tremendous benefit and can be sold to other qualifying companies. And based on 2017 and 2018 sales prices, a PVR can be worth anywhere from 80 to $150 million immediately upon commercial approval of Cyclodemstat. And these vouchers entitle the bearer to expediated review by the FDA. So there's a lot of incentivized programs, in addition to everything else the FDA is providing, to motivate companies like Solarius to get drugs to market faster to help these kids. Now, back to your question about 
possible uh, clinical paths forward. Job one is to implement our current phase one clinical program involving patients with relapsed or refractory Ewing sarcoma, establish maximum tolerated dose, develop our safety profile, and begin treating patients at that maximum tolerated dose in a dose expansion phase. As soon as we have the results from that study or the results that we can begin to discuss with the FDA, we definitely want to meet with them and talk about the most efficient and expeditious path forward. Will there be an opportunity for accelerated approval? We certainly hope so. We think that if we can demonstrate the appropriate efficacy to safety benefit ratio, given the high unmet need that exists within this patient population, we're anticipating the FDA working with us to make that happen. You're also enrolling a, a phase one trial right now looking at the drug's use in a variety of solid tumor types. What's the purpose of that study and, and how big an enrollment is expected? Well, Dan, it turns out the enzyme I mentioned earlier, the LSD1 enzyme, may play an important role in other cancers outside of Ewing sarcoma, um, other solid tumors, and possibly even cancers such as leukemia. To that end, we began a second phase one study focusing on patients with advanced solid tumors such as prostate, breast, ovarian, lung, kidney cancer, cancers that unfortunately we're all very familiar with. The purpose of this study is to also generate safety in patients to support our overall safety profile, but also to help us identify potential patients suffering from these other devastating cancers where these patients have failed to respond or are no longer responding to current standard of care and, and are looking for new potential treatments. Hopefully, based on the outcome of that study, we'll be able to identify additional patient segments and patient types that could benefit from cyclovenstat and then move quickly into more focused clinical trials. How broadly do you think the potential of the drug is for treating a range of cancers, and is there any way to determine whether a specific patient's cancer is driven by an epigenetic change like this? Well, Dan, I think only time, research, and clinical trials will ultimately answer that question. We'd like to believe that based on what we know about the mechanism of action, the role that LSD1 plays in a number of cancers, um, the fact that we are a differentiated LSD1 inhibitor among the class of LSD1 inhibitors being researched at the moment. In fact, we are one of only two reversible inhibitors that we are aware of that are in clinical studies. We feel there's a lot of potential, which is why we have already begun our second clinical study in advanced solid tumors above and beyond Ewing sarcoma, and it's why we are continuing to do research in evaluating the potential for cyclodemstat in as many cancers as we can identify that rely on the LSD1 enzyme or express high levels of LSD1 in patients suffering from the disease. So we think there's we think there's a lot of potential, and our one of our jobs is to explore that potential and fully develop the uh, the LSD one opportunity. David Arthur, CEO of Solaris Pharmaceuticals, 
David, thanks so much for your time today. Dan, thank you for having us. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.